Is it possible to be predictably lucky? Our guest, thought leader Monica Lawrence says, The social science shows you can be predictably lucky. The difference, interestingly enough, between unlucky people and lucky people is a set of behaviors. You want to be lucky? Just start adopting lucky behaviors. Find out more. Join us for episode 279 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right along with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's wonderful to be with you again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and bring their companies along to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, luck is something that people talk about a lot when it comes to success, and there are a lot of common wisdoms around it. Oh, yes. These range from positive, you know, change favors the prepared mind. Louis Pasteur said that luck is a residue of preparation. They're negative as well. Depend on the rabbit's foot if you want to, but remember, it didn't work for the rabbit. Ooh. <laughs> Yes, we know luck is important in business. Right. And it often seems elusive for better or for worse. But today we're speaking with a thought leader who says that based upon her research, it actually is possible to be predictably lucky. That seems like an oxymoron. Let's get to our conversation with our guest, Monica Lawrence. She's a TEDx speaker, global entrepreneur, business strategist, and mentor to founders. She draws on her experience in Hollywood entertainment, international consulting, and Silicon Valley technology startups. As well, she shares her practice of quantum surfing, breakthrough lucky mindset training that delivers a winning mental game, standout leadership, and new business opportunities. You can find her slowing down to speed up at her Lux Boutique Resort in the Fiji Islands. Wow. Yes. You can read much more about Monica by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 279, and scrolling down to resources. Well, Monica, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Oh, Pam and Scott, what a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so very much for having me. Oh, it's, it's really interesting that luck brought us together, I think, in the first place. Think about it. We were both participating in Robbie Samuel's virtual meeting for thought leaders. And this was the first time I'd ever been able to attend. And we connected. You mentioned you were looking for speakers for your Sunrise Ventures Summit in Fiji at the beginning of December. And with that, we were off and running. And you never know, do you? Or do you? We'll come back to that. <laughs> but first, let's talk about what inspired you to develop thought leadership around being predictably lucky. Pam, I was trained as a high achiever. I went to top universities, worked for amazing companies. And I, like so many people who are on that track, have experienced bouts of burnout. 
where you've just pushed yourself so hard and you deliver the results and you know you you go for the wins and you make it but there's a real personal cost when you follow that particular model so years ago i happened to run across a piece of social science research and the researcher had asked is it possible to be lucky is there a difference between lucky people and unlucky people or is luck just random which is what we all tend to think so wow what a fascinating topic i dove in to the article and as i was reading the article and they were comparing the differences between lucky and unlucky people because there are differences i had this dawning realization that i was behaving in unlucky ways and that some shifts in my behaviors could put me onto a path of being lucky and that that could be an antidote for the method that we all use which typically leads often leads to burnout hmm. now let's before we go any farther what do you mean by being lucky i love these lucky occurrences that just delight you that you weren't looking for it you know that somewhere in your consciousness you would have you would love for that event or serendipity to happen but you weren't making it happen and then all of a sudden it just rolls on in and it typically rolls on in with wonderful people right? with exactly the right opportunity that fits for you right now so it's this idea of being in flow okay okay so I spoke a little bit about some of the conventional wisdoms, and, and you mentioned it, you know, it's random. You, you can't really predict lucky. It just happens. But you talked about the social science. What, tell us a little bit more about that and how that differs from the conventional wisdom. Well, in this particular experiment, people were recruited based on whether or not they were extraordinarily lucky or extraordinarily unlucky. They were each given a newspaper and asked to count the number of photographs. The way that unlucky people did that task, the way that I would have done the task when I first read the article, and they would kind of pull their energy together and focus on the task because they were being assessed based on the accuracy of the count and how fast to count the photographs. So they would quickly go to page one, count five photographs, the next page, three photographs, the next page, two photographs, and so until the end of the newspaper. Right? It seems like a very logical way to that task. Come to find out, that's not how a lucky person does it. And what was stunning to me about this piece of research is that quantifiably, lucky people had better results. They had 100% accuracy in the count, and they counted almost instantaneously. How did they do that? <laughs> so they start with page one. One, two, three, four, five, counting those first five photographs. Then they get a little distracted. At the bottom of the page, perhaps there's an article all about a fire that happened downtown. Suddenly, the lucky person is reading the article. They're going, oh my gosh, what happened in the fire? You know, oh, did they get those people out? Can you even imagine that experience? And they're getting eight in the content. Now, if I were watching them in this experiment, I'd say, no, 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 focus. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. right. do it right. right, yes. So then they go, oh, that's right, that's right. They remind themselves, I'm supposed to be counting photographs. 
So they flipped to page two. On page two is an enormous headline, which said, you can stop counting photographs. There are 43. <laughs> okay. So are you saying that ADD people like me may be more lucky? Yeah, maybe. Because lucky oh, <laughs> people remain curious and open and engaged with their environment, even when they're under a time pressure or under stress. They're still present to what's there. So notice that that headline was there for everyone. But unlucky people have this way of adopting a tunnel vision where they're only focused on the task at hand, which interestingly oh. enough, according to our training as high-performing professionals, we're very good at that. And so it can be working across purposes because we're missing clues, we're missing opportunities in the environment that are there for us, but we are not seeing them because we're hyper-focused with a type of tunnel vision. Yeah, so expectations can shape our luck. Yes. So the first behavior of lucky people is curiosity and openness. Another, okay. as you're just sharing, is expectations. Fascinatingly, lucky people just think they're going to be lucky. That in and of itself is super helpful. What's really fascinating to me is that you've put all this together and you've come up with a framework for being quantifiably lucky, and you call it quantum surfing. Can you, at a high level, tell us what that is? I promise we're going to come back in the second segment. We'll go deeper then. Okay, terrific. For quantum surfing, what I like to say is stop paddling, which is this traditional method of achievement, and start mm -hmm. surfing, which is working with the energy of the quantum waves in our quantum reality to move from A to B, not by tiring yourself out and using only your own energy, but by engaging with your environment by catching a wave. If you imagine this, watching someone paddle, they can only go so fast. They might train, bulk up, and be able to move more quickly. When you watch someone surfing, it's almost effortless. They're having fun. And what are they focusing on? They're focusing on where they're going and balancing on that board. So this is the difference that we're looking for in quantum surfing. And the practice itself has been informed by my fascination with quantum mechanics, neuroscience, and what I call applied enlightenment, spiritual principles grounded in science. Just to circle back when I said that it seemed like luck that we met, would that fall into the definition that you're talking about here, this framework? Could it? Yes, because in the circumstances that we met, neither one of us was showing up to that event with an agenda, with right. kind of a, a list of here's the people I need to network with, here's who I've researched, here's what I'm going to accomplish. Neither one of us showed up to that event with the assessment as to whether or not that was worth our time and judging that based on the results that we needed it to produce in order for it to be valuable for us to show up. Mm -hmm. No agenda, no set agenda, right? for sure. Right. We were showing up because we both admire Robbie Samuels, because we both are involved in Dory Clark's Recognized Expert Group. 
That's right. And my experience with that group is that I always meet fascinating people. And we'd never met before. Never met. That was the thing that was very interesting. As large as her group is, we'd never met before. So all these forces came together and there we were. This is fascinating. But right now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper about what it means to go quantum surfing with TEDx speaker, global entrepreneur, business strategist, and mentor, Monica Lawrence. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. We always focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. It's so exciting to be well into our ninth year of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Yeah. This year, we're receiving more top podcast awards, and this includes the 2023 PopCon Award for Best Business, Marketing, and Tech Podcast. This just happened. Listeners tell us they enjoy our conversation with visionary CEOs and thought leaders like Monica Lawrence, who are changing the face of business. They also really enjoy our Pam and Scott Quick Take episodes. So if you're enjoying this podcast, spread the good word and be a recommender. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use and write a review. And feel free to share links to your favorite episodes in your social media. Maybe it's this one. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Monica Lawrence. Monica, tell us how people can find out more about you, your online course on quantum surfing, your speaking, all things Monica Lawrence. Oh, thank you so much, Pam. You can find me on my website, which is monicalawrence.com. That's Lawrence spelled with a U, not a W. And also on quantumsurfing.com. And I publish on social media at Quantum Surfing and at Monica Lawrence on uh, Instagram and as well on LinkedIn. And I would love to connect with your audience. And you can find more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 279, and scrolling down to resources. So in our first segment, we were talking about can you be predictably lucky? We talked a little bit about the research that Monica found having to do with, yes, indeed, you can be. We were just starting to get into some of the amazing luck that we had in finding each other as an illustration. But Monica, let's talk a little bit more about this through a story. Maybe somebody who's getting up, you call it getting up on the board. Let's start out with what you mean by that, because that has a very particular significance. There's three courses now in quantum surfing. The first is called getting up on the board. The second is balancing on the board. And the third is surfing to your target. First, you just have to learn how to get up on the board. So that is the first course. Over six weeks, you learn how to be lucky. So in each session of that particular course, you learn a new lucky behavior and you practice it that week. So I have had a number of people really high achieving visionaries who have come through the courses. And I'd love to share with you the story of Nick, who is a young entrepreneur. 
he had already sold his first venture-backed startup and was looking to start his next startup. So he was in transition and thought quantum surfing might be a great way to spend his time to really sort through what would be next for him. In the course, one of the practices that we use is called an intuitive wander. Of the lucky behaviors, one of them is trusting yourself. What that means is that lucky people don't always use conventional wisdom to make their decisions. They trust themselves. They consult their intuition and they often go against the grain. So in order to practice that behavior of being intuitive, we do an intuitive wander. Nick was used to spending his days in a very scheduled, habitual way. And he's a bit of an introvert, which I can relate to because I'm that way myself. And so by the time his day was over, he just liked to kick back and relax and engage in some activities that would be nourishing for him. But because he was enrolled in the course, he said, well, tonight I'm going to do an intuitive wander. So he walks out the door. And when he comes to his first choice point, do I go left or do I go right? Then he would just say, what do I feel to do? And then he'd go to the next point. Which way do I feel to go? And this is a very important question when you're tapping your intuition. It's not think, it's not what do I have time for, right? It's simply where do I feel to go? And you just wait until you get like a glimmer of a feeling. So he navigates on his walk this way and finds himself in front of a service station. He thinks, well, I really would like to get something to drink. So he walks into the convenience store. The guy at the convenience store says, oh, hey, how are you? Where did you come from? Did you, did you drive here? He says, no, no, no. I was just out for a walk and I saw your store. So I thought I'd, I'd uh, pop in and get something to drink. So the two of them get to talking. This gentleman working in the convenience store had been fascinated for quite a while by NFTs. So much so that he had become an expert in the domain. And his knowledge of the domain eclipsed any expert that Nick had been able to speak to to date while he was gathering information for his next startup. He literally discovered the expert he was seeking by going out on an intuitive wander. At a convenience store. Yes. Which would you ever <laughs> think? I think I'm going to drive over no. to the service station to, yeah. Right. So when he arrived in our next quantum surfing session, he said, I have to be the one to go first today. I must tell you what has happened for me simply by engaging in lucky behaviors. So let's talk about lucky behaviors. The, the intuition is one. What makes them lucky? Well, I mean, this it what seems like to? finding the NFT expert would be random. What is it about these behaviors that creates a non-random outcome? Well, I love that you're asking this question, Scott, because this is actually what ties into my research on the fabric of quantum reality. And I had discovered the, the lucky behaviors many years ago. And when I was searching for a way to get people into the flow of our quantum reality, I tapped back to that understanding of luck because it's an energy that is guiding you. And that's really the difference. So when you're engaging in lucky behaviors, you're shifting the way that you interact with the world around you. 
Okay. Take the example of being curious. Being curious means you're open, you're more sociable, you might smile, you're engaged, right? Whereas if you're not being curious, you're more withdrawn. So this is a difference in energy. We don't often think of energy because we're not trained to think of it that way. But in a quantum world in which we all live, everything is energy. And what you experience from what I can gather, learning from many, many, many quantum theorists and physicists, is that you experience what's in your reality based on whatever is a match for the energy that you offer. So when you make these small shifts, your energy shifts, your experience changes. This is interesting because Pam and I have spent some time looking into the neuroscience and neurophysiology behind intuition. And one of the things that we've found is the more that we interact with our environment, with other people, as many different types of as we can. So Pam likes to read People magazine at the hairdresser. Great. Oh, you're you know, giving away my uh, secrets. <laughs> we all love that one. <laughs> Whatever. You never know where you're going to find and, your next great idea, you know, right? I, I like comic books. And the more we go to all kinds of different things, we're loading up our, our brains unconsciously because it's not verbal. It's in there. And so when we come across something that tickles that, we go, oh, there's a connection. It sounds like what you're talking about is very much like in, in sync with that. Yeah, intuition is such a fascinating sense because we're not trained in it. You know, a lot of people wonder if it's even a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so one of the things that I find in the quantum surfing course is that we need to practice. We need to learn what we're capable of with our intuition. The way that I look at the model of our quantum reality is that there's a sea of information. And that's really consciousness. It's a collective consciousness. And so when you are tapping into your intuition. Of course, it's an individual personal experience, but you're also tapping into this web of information. It's like the way that you access data and energy from the field. So learning how to use your intuition in many different settings is fantastic. It's absolutely phenomenal. And if you can do it in these small experimental ways, you come to trust it over time and use it to make larger, more significant decisions in your life. Okay, so just a question here to follow up. When we're entrepreneurs at the startup stage, it's very common, trust your gut, trust your intuition. And yet as you grow the company, let's say that you're on your way to becoming the next Microsoft, but different stages of growth, you start finding that there are a lot of different points of actual hard data that you have to balance. And so it's always a trust your gut versus the hard data. Where do you weigh in on that? Because there's some practical considerations. When we start in quantum surfing, we practice simply, as you're calling it, the gut, which I want to come back to. We practice simply on learning to surf. By the time we get to quantum surfing three, we're combining the two. Like you've kind of mastered 
how to flow in an in a way of energy in the environment. And now we bring back the tools that are kind of the classic tools for building and scaling companies. And we start to combine the two. Aha. Uh-huh. Good. I'm really glad we're talking about this because it has to be a, a balance. There. Absolutely. It's the PowerPoint. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. for better, or for worse, right? And I want to go back to your comment on gut because I don't think of gut as intuition. Oh. Just to illuminate that. For me, a gut response can come from two places. One, a sense of survival. You know, you have this visceral reaction. I'm making this choice because I need to survive. It is that basic. Primal brain. The other is gut can also come because you have so much domain experience that you've seen these patterns over and over and over. And you can just know how this play unfolds. It's like a master athlete on the field who sees patterns and just intuitively knows how the game is unfolding, okay? Those are two examples of gut. Mm -hmm. Intuition is different. Intuition is like this internal knowing. You can't even say where it's coming from. And intuition can be available to a five-year-old. Absolutely. Yes, Yes. which doesn't need domain experience. And it's not necessarily a survival response. It's just this sense of alignment. It's this sense of, I just feel to go here now. I feel that this is right for me. So this intuition is a subtle sense to be developed over time. That's perfect. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will be speaking more with Monica Lawrence about immediately useful ideas for getting luckier. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered, if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in the rapidly changing world, Why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, this was the question that had me going on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's your secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? Well, that's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieve Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with TEDx speaker, global entrepreneur, business strategist, and mentor, Monica Lawrence. Monica, remind us where people can find out more about you, your online course on quantum surfing, your speaking, and everything else that's Monica Lawrence. Well, thank you so much, Pam. You can find me on quantumsurfing.com. In fact, there's a free resource there that you might like to download. It's called the Be Lucky ebook. And it's just the initial practices to start to get yourself into the lucky flow. You can also learn more about me and my coaching programs on monicalawrence.com. And you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 279, and scrolling down to resources. So, Monica, this is the part of our episode where we get into three immediately useful ideas. You talk about little experiments. I wanted to build on that. These are little experiments for increasing luck. Can you tell us about that? And then we'll go into three of them. Yeah, as I was sharing, this is a new world. It's kind of beginner's mind is the most valuable way to approach it. It's like, if I change my behavior in this way, then what results? What do I experience? And then to keep track of that, we actually in the course keep a lucky journal every day. Because what's interesting is that we're all experiencing lucky moments, but they're fleeting. We we don't often notice them or we forget about them later. But the first idea to become predictably lucky is to simply start noticing. For example, last Friday, I was in a, a PR masterclass. And at, by the end of that class, I said, I truly want to spend more time with entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley. I, d- I just gave that voice out loud. I didn't think anything of it, right? That evening, I was having dinner with my son. And after dinner, I checked my messages. And I had a message from a gentleman via LinkedIn. He went to UCLA Business School, just like I did. We've never met each other. We were not in the same class. And he had messaged me to say, hey, Monica, I noticed that we went to school together. And my company is sponsoring TechCrunch Disrupt next week. I have free tickets. Would you like to join us? Oh, cool. So I said, of course. Plus, my son is here with me, and he's looking for his job in mathematics and computer science. Could Do you have two tickets? He said, terrific. So this openness, like this sense of being in alignment with what you truly, truly desire, but then letting it go. Do you notice in that example, I didn't then say, all right, let me figure out how I'm going to spend more time with entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley. I just stated it as something that I deeply desired. And you were willing to share it. Yes. You, you didn't delete the email. So that works <laughs> a lot of us. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's the staying open. Yeah. That's great. So the first thing then is become aware of what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's sitting on a plane and feels like you want to turn to the person sitting next to you and say something that's on your mind, you never know. I've had some great conversations that way, and they've often been very lucky. So what's a a second piece of practical advice, a little experiment that people can do to boost up their luck? Well, today I'll go 
to the TechCrunch conference. Okay. And I mentioned I'm an I'm an introvert. So when I'm going to go to a big conference like this, I have to think about how am I going to spend my time and how am I going to meet people? Well, what's really important from a neuroscience standpoint is that you add variety to your environment. And that's what you were doing, Scott, when you're saying, hey, we go and we meet all these different people in these different settings, right? This is critical because your brain streamlines in your normal environment, whatever you don't need to know in order to focus its attention on whatever the task is at hand. So it's your brain automatically screens out kind of peripheral, inconsequential information. So when you go to a setting like this, it can be helpful to choose a dynamic to navigate it. So here's what I'll be doing when I go to the TechCrunch conference today. I consulted my intuition and I said, what color do I feel? Oh, immediately. It's like, oh, yellow. When I go to TechCrunch today, I will look to talk to people in yellow. <laughs> okay. Completely a random choice. Now, will that, does that mean so why not, talk right? to those people? <laughs> of course not, right? Uh-huh. But it designs the experience from the standpoint of a game that you know you're playing this game. And this, this, this approach adds variety into your environment. It mixes things up. So this would be a small experiment, but you can see it also is injecting a sense of joy. Ready, when you're playing a game, you're like, this is crazy, but I'm going to have fun with this. The fact that you feel that way is already on the path of lucky behaviors. So feeling playful a little bit. One of the things that we love to do, for instance, is play games. We play all kinds of games particularly interested in people who enjoy some of the games I enjoy. Mm -hmm. It opens the mind in new ways, kind of unhinges things. Yes. And in fact, you've, you've really hit on what I call an accelerator, Pam. Oh, I consider playfulness to be an accelerator of luck. And I've read through lots of the psychology and the science on playfulness, and it is really a superpower because it creates trust in teams. It creates greater bonds. It creates a sense of belonging, a sense of we're in this together and we're enjoying the experience as we bring to fruition this big, big vision. I think it was Richard Branson who said playfulness is one of the most underrated qualities in a startup for success. And yet somehow maybe we intuitively know that it's important because just for example, in the New York Times, there's a whole game section. Right. So people are, you know, we're constantly looking for games. Pam anyway, does Wordle every morning before every breakfast. Morning. Oh, you're a Wordle fan. <laughs> oh, I am. And uh, the spelling bee too. It just kind of, it opens my mind in a way that a lot of things don't. Mm-hmm. Seeing different patterns, themes. So- Yes, I could talk about this a long time. (laughs) Scott's reminding me. Let's go to the third immediately useful idea. Well, we did touch on it, which is to consult your intuition. And really starting to experiment with intuition. I love that you've been exploring it yourselves. And the way that I would say it's an easy place to start is to ask a feeling question. The first time 
this type of question was asked of me, I was absolutely bewildered, right? I was sitting here in Silicon Valley and I was working with a coach out of Israel and we were doing these conversations over Skype. After the first conversation, he asked me, Monica, when do you feel to meet next? And I thought it was just a language difference because we don't ask that question that way. We say, when do you want to meet next? When are you free to meet next? When shall we meet next? But we don't say, when do you feel to meet next? So I did what we all do. I looked at my very busy and packed calendar and I found a slot that was not too far away because I wanted to keep these conversations apace. And so I proposed that slot. And he says, is that when you feel to meet next? And I said, oh, oh my gosh, you <laughs> meant to say that. And so I said to him, I said, I am so sorry. I have no idea what that means. I, and what, what? Could it possibly mean to feel when to meet? And he says, well, Monica, just try. I was like, okay, all right, well, let's try. (laughs) So I sat there, I sat there waiting for a feeling. Now, this is a very awkward pause because like, when do you make a choice about your calendar this way? So I'm trying to feel something, feel something. And finally, I get this little glimmer of a feeling. And I say to him, all right, I don't feel to meet on that first proposed time. I feel to meet the following week. He says, great, we'll meet then. (laughs) Rather indignantly, I said, I want to be perfectly clear. The following week is not when I want to meet. It doesn't fit into my calendar. It doesn't align with anything that I'm trying to accomplish. But if you're asking me, when do I feel to meet for Whatever inexplicable reason, that's the answer. Pam and Scott, can I tell you, when by the time I met with this gentleman again, that was perfect timing. And I started using this question in so many places because I found it really so revolutionary. And I started using it to, when do I feel to leave for long trips? And the most magical, uncanny, lucky things would start happening. And I started teaching this What do you feel to do in the quantum surfing courses? And then people would come back with stories that were like, this was incredible. Just because I was using the feeling question, all of this kind of lucky serendipity started flowing in. So all I can say about the feeling question and your intuition is that you are tapped into a web of consciousness to which you have access when you go to your intuition. So that would be another lucky behavior. Okay, wow. One of the things that I feel is the need to say, which we weren't planning, but I can see how this fits in very easily for people who are individuals and entrepreneurs. But I feel that I feel to say here, I can definitely imagine this in larger companies as well, very large companies even where there is such an emphasis on the numbers, I feel that it could make a big difference. I'm excited that you say that because it's really my passion. And I am excited to accelerate leaders and fantastic ideas in our world. And this is a way that that can happen without burning out. And when you blend structure and spontaneity, 
you can get even more lucky. That's right. That's right. Yes. And that's really when you learn to surf as a master. Cool. So, Monica, here we are. We're at the end of the episode. The time has been flying by. A final thought you can leave us with. I would love to share with you that there was a fascinating award last year in 2022. The IG Noble in Economics was awarded to three mathematicians and physicists for their mathematical proof that to be successful in life, you need to be lucky. You cannot be successful without being lucky. And further, their proof shows that the kind of the combination that is the most optimal is to be moderately talented and magnificently lucky. Now, we all know how to invest in our talent, and we're doing that all the time. But have you ever considered investing in being lucky? And that's what we're talking about today. So if that combination is moderate talent and magnificent luck, it would be worthwhile to spend a little bit of time learning how to be lucky. Well, Monica, thank you so much for being our guest today and helping us to find our way to even more luck, predictable luck. It's been my pleasure to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks indeed, Monica. And thanks to all of you out there who are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links to this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 279. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about and discuss with your team. What little experiments can we try to become more predictably lucky as a top leadership team as our company continues to grow? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.